listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Jerry Prokopovich with Civil War Talk Radio, coming to you from the campus of East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina, on a beautiful spring afternoon in 2008. The show uh, this week will hopefully be about the uh, the uh, Confederate bushwhacker Sam Hildebrand. We're waiting for our guest Kirby Ross, hopefully to give us a call at the World Talk Radio station. Mr. Ross, if you're listening, call the number you called earlier today because the number we have for you is not working for some reason. So hopefully he'll call in. We'll talk to him in a few minutes. Um, in the meantime, I will uh, talk about other things and then fall back to Plan B if we need to do that. Uh, this uh, minor glitch is part of a recent string of, of uh, bad luck on a very minor scale, very insignificant. I don't want this to sound like complaining, but perhaps more apology. Last week on the show, uh, we had lined up the uh, very well-known and prolific Civil War historian Gary Gallagher for his second appearance on the show, uh, only the second person to make two appearances on the show as a guest in, in our three or four years now of, of recording because his new book on uh, the Civil War in popular memory and particularly in the movies and art was too good not to talk about. And we had him on the show. We had things all going. But a fluke of the weather, uh, a uh, thunderstorm uh, or something disrupted the lines and we could not successfully do the show last week. Uh, no, we got Mr. Ross, Jerry. Excellent. Okay. Uh, so uh, we couldn't do the show last week. Uh, we got cut off by the, the, the static. And uh, Gary Gallagher will be back on the show next week to discuss his, his, uh, his very interesting new book. So we will look forward to that. Uh, the week before there was no show, I was off traveling at the um, Lexington, Kentucky, at the Bluegrass Book Fair. Always pleasant to meet folks there. Jeff Shara, a guest on the show, was at the booth next to mine, and we talked about the uh, the world of Civil War publishing and writing and had a, a jolly time. The uh, next place, if you're uh, out looking to uh, you know, get my autograph or stalk me or do anything like that, uh, we'll, I'll be in Kentucky, once again, Louisville, Kentucky, at the Filson Club, and either Thursday, June 19th, or Friday, June 20th. I'm hoping they'll tell me before I get there when, when I'm talking, but that's the plan. Uh, one of those two days, and then later in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, at the annual Civil War Institute on Wednesday, June 25th in the evening, talking about Abraham Lincoln and the book Did Lincoln Own Slaves? and other frequently asked questions about Abraham Lincoln. So uh, we've got those things going. Uh, today's show uh, I've been looking forward to because we have an interesting book to talk about, uh, but then, uh, in, in, in this string of minor things to go wrong, just last weekend my computer died, and nobody likes to hear anybody else's computer death stories. It happens to all of us sooner or later, and it, it's, they're all tedious. Uh, the only thing that lends the slightest bit of interest is that this afternoon, actually last night, my work computer also died. So what I thought was a two-computer backup system turned into multiple failures. And I'm doing the show today, as it were, um, by hand, uh, old craftsman style, with a P3 
piece of paper and a pencil in front of me instead of a computer screen. All the questions I had prepared vanished because the computer is not here. It's at the in the hands of the ECU uh, IT team who are doubtlessly staring over it now with the surgeon's tools and looking at it, making sure they can fix every little thing. Uh, so I don't have the things I usually rely on. Um, in, in the unlikely event a guest were to give a dull answer, I could be you know, looking on eBay during the show. None of that will happen today. Uh, instead, I will be uh, focused on nothing but the show and the paper and the book itself in front of me. So let's get to that. Um, uh, the book is called The Autobiography of Samuel S. Hildebrand, the renowned Missouri Bushwhacker. It's a book originally published in 1870 when Hildebrand is still alive. That's how autobiographies work, I suppose. Uh, but it is edited in a new authoritative edition uh, by Kirby Ross, uh, who joins us today, uh, I, I hope. Uh, Mr. Ross, are you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me today, oh. Jerry. Thank you for being uh, here. May I call you Kirby? Do you, is that certainly, certainly, that'd be fine, you, Jerry. Um, well, this book really uh, was different from uh, uh, many other ones that have, have crossed the Civil War talk radio table uh, because the subject is so different. And, and I guess we ought to start by sharing with our listeners uh, a little bit of background of, of who this who this fellow was. But let me ask before that uh, uh, a little bit of background about yourself. Um, are, are you from the part of the country where uh, Hildebrand operated? Uh, no. In fact, I'm from north-central Kansas. Uh, Hildebrand was born and raised in southeast Missouri, and uh, uh, he uh, grew up uh, in a, his family was relatively affluent in the area, but he himself was illiterate. He only attended one day of school in his life, and uh, he grew up uh, uh, kind of uh, kind of listening to differing accounts, reading differing accounts. He was uh, maybe a bully as he was growing up. Uh, but uh, as as for myself, uh, I'm a managing editor uh, for the Main Street Media newspaper chain. I, this Hildebrand book was the second book I had published. My first book was uh, The True Life Wild West Memoir of a Bush Popping Cowadi, which was published by the University of Nebraska Press in 2004. And uh, that one was a recipient of a Kansas Governor's Award, and it was a nominee for the Cowboy Hall of Fame's Western Heritage Award. Uh, it's also been published in North and South Magazine, and uh, in, in the event, uh, more recently, the, the, it was the University of Arkansas Press that uh, uh, was uh, so gracious to, to go ahead and publish this book of mine on Sam Hildebrand. So uh, uh, so you've had some interest, it sounds like, uh, in, in memoirs, uh, uh, cowboys or bushwhackers or, or people in... in does this go back a long way? Is this something you've always uh, been interested in? Well, I guess I've always been a historical buff. Uh, anyway, uh, the 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 Wild West memoir was a was a memoir of my great great grandfather. Uh, shortly before my grandmother passed away, she she gave it to me, and I I took it and edited it and. Uh, uh, put some context to some of the things that he had spoke about in his memoir, uh, 
he, uh, he was 16 years old when he ran away from home, my, my grand, great-great-grandfather, and uh, he went to Texas and rode the Chisholm Trail and the Western Trail to Abilene and Dodge City and had quite an adventure when he was still in his teens. Uh, so it made for quite a story. Well, it, it sounds like it. Uh, this uh, this book too certainly makes uh, quite a story. This uh, this fellow Hildebrand uh, is a, a bushwhacker, and, and most of our listeners know certainly enough Civil War history to have heard of people like uh, Quantrill uh, and and the other bushwhackers of, of Missouri, the Confederate guerrillas and their Union opponents. Uh, Hildebrand is not so well known. Um, not not in modern times, he isn't. Back back in his day, he was well, as well known as Quantrill and as well known as Bloody Bill Anderson. You look at the newspaper reports of the day, and they're all spoke of, spoken uh, together in the same breath, and in, in fact compared to each other. Uh, they were all making their mark uh, right at right around the same time in history. Quantrill was a little earlier. Uh, Hildebrand uh, became a little bit. Uh, more famous uh, a little bit later in the war, although he did operate uh, from the earliest days of the war uh, right through the end of the war and five years afterwards. So he he was quite well known back back in his day. Uh, in more recent times, uh, of course, there's been a lot of focus, or the primary focus in uh, Missouri guerrilla warfare has been on the western border, uh, the Kansas border. And uh, the focus has been on Quantrill uh, to a greater extent. In fact, I was uh, just looking at a database the other day, and I see in, in the last 14 years there have been 14 books published on Quantrill. So I suppose that's why he's much more greatly known these days than, than Hildebrand. In, in contrast, Hildebrand operates on the eastern side of the state, and uh, there's a very... Very nice, uh, a simple line map in your book, but it's really handy. I, one of my pet peeves is reading uh, books about uh, that involve locations, as, as almost every Civil War book invariably does, that mention small towns uh, or other places that the reader doesn't know about, and then there's no map. Uh, this map, in contrast, uh, any place of, of significance in the book is in the map, so you can discover where Perryville, not the Kentucky, but the Missouri one is. Or Greenville, not not the Greenville I'm sitting in here in North Carolina, but again, uh, the one that uh, uh, that is talked about in the text here. So you can see all these places, and they are right along the Mississippi River on the Illinois border. So, yes, it uh, the story primarily takes place in southeast Missouri, uh, and I, like you, I've have come to those same frustrations in, in reading books. Uh, and have been known to pull out an atlas just to, to get myself situated. And on this one, I, I, uh, uh, one of my, my goals was to have a, a map put in at the, the front of the book uh, just to put everything in, in its place. Uh, in fact, this map also shows where the swamps are that Tildebrand speaks of, uh, let's say the, the uh, primary rivers, uh, the, the railroads, uh, puts it all into context to St. Louis, and uh, it's all south of St. Louis uh, down into uh, towards the Arkansas state line and, and a little bit across the state line into, into Arkansas. Well, it does that. Uh, I, when I wrote about the Army of the Ohio a few years ago, I, I, I went through at one point and just noted every 
place name that I mentioned, and then when I had the maps done or worked uh, with with the publisher on, on creating maps, I tried to make sure every place name I mentioned appeared on a map so you wouldn't have to pull out the atlas next to it. And it looks like you've done exactly the same thing with, as you say, not only the towns but the swamps, the ridges, any place that, that's significant, you can find it on the map. And I would... Uh, say this is a rule every Civil War author ought to follow. I have no way of enforcing it. But if I were uh, Sam Hildebrand, I could enforce it by just killing people. Um, There you go. He is the most uh, sociopathic character I think I've ever read about in... Very cold-blooded. In the Civil War. He pulls no bones. He he pulls no punches about admitting to it. And uh, he... He justifies every every one of his his killings. Uh, uh, he uh, he claims that he was originally pushed to do it because his brothers were were uh, murdered by Union troops. Uh, uh, it's probably what got him going on his his rampage. He was active militarily before that, even though he denies it in the memoir. Uh, looking at the the old. Uh, military reports and newspaper articles. He's certainly making a, an appearance uh, prior to the the time that he states that he was uh, in his book. In fact, uh, there's also affidavits from family members that uh, were taken uh, during the war and after uh, Hildebrand family members that that stated uh, when he became military militarily active. Well, even if we take at face value, and, and I want to ask you in, in a few minutes about uh, what we can and can't take at face value here, but but even if we take his version, which, is, as you just said, is not fully accurate, uh, the best light you can put on it is at the beginning of the war he tried to mind his own business, Union soldiers or a Union mob uh, killed his brothers, so he sought revenge by going out and killing killing them, and then continues to kill and steal for the next four years anyone who's either a Union soldier or sympathetic to the Union or informs Union soldiers where he might be hiding or does anything he doesn't like. Uh, he and, and his few followers try to kill those people. Uh, well, what's, what's notable about the way they, they operated, unlike Quantrill and Bloody Bill Anderson who had their fixed units, uh, Hildebrand essentially operated alone. Uh, he, he headquartered himself out of Greene County, Arkansas, uh, which is near the, the Missouri uh, border. But uh, and, and this so Greene County was a, a fairly uh, it was kind of a headquarters for for other regulars and, and regular troops that that uh, used it as a jumping off point into Missouri. In any event, he would. Uh, Gather in a handful of other uh, individuals that that had uh, grudges uh, against individuals uh, individuals back in Missouri, and off they'd go. Uh, one time they'd go up, or five or six of them would go up to get Hildebrand's enemies. The next time they would go up to get one of the other fellows' enemies, and they would just take turns helping each other out like that to to settle their their personal grudges. So these people they were fighting were not necessarily uh, uh, Union sympathizers. Well, he, he claims they are in the book, but but his motivation is not to uh, overthrow the Union or defend slavery or states' rights or 
uh, or anything. It's it seems to be just personal grudges. Yeah, in the book, he even admits that he his goal really wasn't against the union itself, uh, but uh, his enemies were union troops, and so that's what his focus was on. Uh, of course, he he on regular union volunteers and, and militiamen that he had no grudges against. Of course, he took his toll on them, too, during the course of the war. And uh, uh, some accounts have him killing from 80 to 100 people. Uh, uh, his own personal accounts were somewhat graduate, uh, exaggerated, but uh, he undoubtedly uh, killed, killed uh, many people. And uh, his name was, in fact, uh, used almost synonymous with the, the boogeyman in, in the area for, for a number of years. Uh, I've read one account by a, a modern-day modern writer. Uh, she wrote that when she was growing up, uh, her parents would tell her to make sure she got home before dark, otherwise Sam Hildebrand would get her. Well, that would be enough to, to scare anyone to get home in time. I may have to try that with my own uh, 16-year-old. We'll see how she likes that. Uh, we're going to take a short break now. We will come back in just a moment, talking today with Kirby Ross about the bushwhacker Sam Hildebrand on Civil War Talk Radio.